Brown. Tago. My name's Nick Brown for Annie Brown. I'm joined by Mr. Nathan Custis. Hello. How you doing, buddy? Oh, it was great until I had to answer that call. <laughs> it's the Wednesday extravaganza. That's my Bane call again, Nathan. It was. You did sound like have Bane. Fun with How that. many Bilsons have you had? A too many Bundies. <laughs> Fucking knew it. Fucking uh, stupid bear. Obviously, Wednesday, I'm going to stick on a certain topic. Yes, Nick. Nathan. I guess I gave you the new ball because new cherry. It's kind of like you got to you got to kind of carry the load here. I do, Nick. I'm actually going in a different kind of way with this, Nick Brown. So Nick's during the week sent me his favorite 30 albums of all time, and we're going to do a little deep dive. I'm not going to name you each song or each album in order, but we're going to go through a couple of different things, and it's going to yep. be. Proper interview form for Nick Brown. Oh, kind of fuck going it. through the history of you and a couple of these albums, Nick Brown. Yeah. So you're fucking welcome, everyone listening. Just enjoy this. But Nick, oh, I want to start with a genre that kind of dominates the early list for whom you hear. It's called the hip hop slash rap phase. So yes. Nick, it's dominated by hip hop, especially with Kanye West appearing five times. I need to ask yeah. you, can you remember the first time you listened to him and what his kind of influence has been on you? So the first, well, okay, but besides probably hearing singles on radio, yes, which yes. is like kind of, you know, everyone hears singles like that. I remember this really well. I remember him dropping an album and I remember hearing an interview by, and I'm going to talk about him, Marilyn Manson. Yes. And he was saying about how him and his friend were talking about who's better, Adam, Kanye West or Jay-Z. Yep. Marilyn Manson at the time was a Jay-Z fan and he said, oh, but I saw uh, Kanye West perform on Saturday Night Live and I was like, maybe Kanye's better. Mm. Anyway, I went off like straight away, go to that. A couple of YouTube and, videos yeah, later. Yeah, later. And I watched him perform Black Skinhead and New Slaves off the album Yeezus, which yep. is coming out in 2013. And I remember just kind of like, I remember reading a review of it as well. It was kind of like into that kind of phase at the time. And everyone's like, this is like this punk rock album from Kanye West. And I was like, what is this? At the yeah. time, I thought that meant musically, right? Like, I, yeah. I, And I'm like, I listen to Black Skin and I'm like, there's definitely punk rock elements to it. But yep. like, you know, musically, it's not really punk rock, but whatever. Now, I remember buying the album because it's like a clear CD with just the red sticker tape on. Beautiful it's just like, it's, it's easily like, it's so recognizable. And I remember playing it in my car and I was like blown away by just how fucking like anti i don't, best way to put it how anti-hip-hop it was it was wasn't it how anti-radio it was you know kanye beforehand was you know this kind of bombastic sound he'd just come off his magnum opus of an album which had so many massive songs and like even coming through he had like jesus walks and uh stronger and can't can't tell me nothing and gold digger and touch the sky and all these songs big hits were like, a huge, huge there wasn't a hit on here no. it, it, every song felt so like anti what he'd done previously and because of that, I kind of like, without me even knowing it, I, I just gravitated towards it. It was only 10 tracks, went for like 35, 40 minutes. And yep. I was like, yeah, people were saying that's a short album. But, you know, as we know, we kind of like hardcore albums that are fucking yes. short now. So yes, it's like, then. it's almost like a prototype to that. But to me, like that kind of set me off on this little tangent where I would just go back and I'd just go to JB Hi-Fi. This is back in that day where I'd just go to JB Pick and up buy a CDs. And I just, and I'd. Yo, you'd actually listen because I know these days it's harder to. You'd actually listen to albums in full, mm. and you'd have to because you'd, you're listening to it for the first time. And I put it on, and I'd be like, "Man, this song's great. This song's great." Some songs I didn't love, and like there still are a lot of Kanye songs I'm not huge on. But Yeezus to me is one of like the most not perfect, but it's like for that era, it's such a perfect like kind of time capsule into what was going on at that time. Well, Yeezus did come in at five on your top thirty, yes. which is really cool. But I want to talk about the one that actually came in at number one, Nick Brown. Yes. So My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy is one of probably the best hip hop albums, if not it's regarded as a top five probably of all time. And like now it's number one for you. So we're gonna start this kind of interview with your favorite and we're gonna work our way down. Yep. But what does this mean to you? Because like obviously you've listened to Yeezus first as you talk about with the singles, but this album's phenomenal. A lot of albums um on this list, you will notice that 
Some albums I might regard better, but they're they're high. They've got a worse rank. Is yes. the best way of putting. It. Okay. But a lot of it has to do with the fact that it's my introduction to them, and yes. this is really high. Yeah. And this is kind of one of the only things that bucks that trend. To me, this is the only album I've ever listened to mm. ever that I consider I could consider perfect. The only Go album as like I've never given a ten out of ten on an album. You know what I mean? Like, because I think if you give a 10 out of 10, it's like showing your hand. What can yeah. come back from yeah, that? Yeah, what can be what, better than What that? happens if it's better? You yes. can't give it an 11. You can't give it a 10.3. No. So, like, the only this is the only album that I could consider a 10 out of 10 or a 9.9. It's the best way of putting it. This is the only album that I love every single song. Yep. It's insanely indulgent. It's an, like he said it himself, it's an apology album. This was an album that was kind of an almost an apology for the VMA situation with Taylor yes, Swift. Yes. And he came out and he went to Hawaii and he's like the stories have all come out about him like he would force everybody to wear like tuxedos to like set the mood. They'd all have this routine where they'd eat breakfast together, talk about music, play basketball, and then they'd go to the studio for like 12 hours. He'd fly all these people out to be a part of it. It made Nicki Minaj's career. Like her, her verse on Monster is still considered one of the greatest features of all time. Yep. And like Runaway is on that album. It's one of the greatest songs in hip-hop history. My very kind of um, on too. All the Lights with the interlude with Elton John on it. Oh, Nick. All the Lights has... Like people doing back Drake doing backup vocals, like That's what I mean. just like the the like the catalog of people on this album is stupendous. It is, and it's just like it's so ridiculous. Chris Rock does like an <laughs> intel uh, does a monologue on it. There he does a go. monologue at the end of Blame Game. It's like, what are you talking about? This is so dumb. No one can get away with this. But Kanye is the only person I've ever I can listen to this album front to back any day of the week, and I will have such a time. And also that. Intro is probably Dark Fantasy is probably the greatest album intro I've ever heard. Oh, it is hundred percent. That, that choir coming through. Can you get much higher? Oh, it's in ads now in twenty twenty one. This album came out in twenty ten. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's dumb and it's still so cool. We came out to it as static revenue. We did. <laughs> like that's what does best, that mean? That's the best way you could put it. <laughs> no, hundred um, percent. Was there any kind of rappers that kind of featured when you were growing up as well? Like in that early way, like we kind of listened to Fifty Cent Eminem. That's yeah. kind of the introduction. Was there any others? That like, was around that? yeah. At the time, like. In the early 2000s, if you're yep. Australian, yep. if you wanted to listen to hip hop, especially when you're growing up, it was like 10 50 years Cent old, Eminem, wasn't it? Was, it was all yeah. it was, right? And when you, when I got into, when I tried to really get in, yep. naturally you just kind of go for the big ones. I tried to get into Wayne, and I think Lil Wayne's really great. Oh. Um, and, and a I, producer as well as Kanye yeah. does a lot of his own he's, shit. And he's done so many albums and so many features. Like apparently he's done like hundreds. He's done like 500 plus features of like on songs. Like That's it's just fuck. insane. He would do 50 tracks. He reckons he's done had sessions where he's done 50 tracks in one night because everything Lil Wayne says is off the dome. It's not. He never writes anything, which is insane. Insanity. Ridiculous. But his voice was never my cadence. I love the Carter two, three, and four, yep. but nothing else really appealed. Um, there were some others like I really I, at that time I kind of enjoyed more the lyrical kind of stuff. So Run the Jewels Ooh, were, yeah. were a big one for me that kind of like that put me on to a lot of other artists and I was like, okay, here's a here's a group that aren't huge but they're on the come up and that yep. was one of the first times I felt like I was in on the secret. You yes. know what I mean? Like you know when you listen to finding an album, hidden gems as, yep. as we do in the heavy music scene. Like Gotta you, find the hidden gem. Yep. Yeah, it's all it's really fun to yep. find the hidden gems. You're like you're kind of like guys, check this out. This is sick. One step closer this week. That's the one to listen. Absolutely, to. But dude. I just want to move. So now Denzel Curry. He's the greatest <laughs> rapper of the modern generation. So he, <laughs> no, he, he's not. He's probably not. But Nick, so he chimes in twice in your list, yes. mate. So Taboo 2018 and Imperial 2016. Is he the new Kanye to you? No. The okay. new Kanye to me is Tyler, the Creator. Yes. He's not on this list. He's not in my top 30. Igor is an amazing album, but I haven't connected on that level. Yeah. Denzel was a weird one because I was going to Coachella and I hadn't heard it. And, you know, as I would with old Soundwave lineups, yep. I would literally just listen to every artist, a couple of songs. And if I liked it, I'd keep it and kind of listen in. 
uh, Denzel had Imperial, um, which was out at the time before that um, yep. I went to the festival. And he also had the song Ultimate, which was this massive, you know, obviously Ultimate. meme song. I am the one, the one you've gone figure out. And like, then this life. Yeah, and then, and, then oh, we, yeah. and then I listened to actual Imperial and I was like, whoa, like this is pretty massive. Really and cool. I was like, I got that on vinyl as well. And I was like, this is huge. Taboo came out. And I think there's always something really cool about being a part of a rollout of an album. And there's just something, I just enjoy it. I enjoy like, I, I think there's always something you connect with a bit more when you roll out with an album, you're like kind of part of it. Hey, there's an album coming out in six weeks. Anticipation builds. He drops Clout Cobain. I'm like, this is huge. Got also Kurt Cobain references in. Denzel Curry's always, always had a big hardcore influence and like big, obviously Rage Against Machine with the Bulls on Parade cover and stuff. This album has Billie Eilish and J.I.D. and has some of my favorite other, like JPEG Mafia's on it. And Features like, are unreal. It's just like everyone delivers and it's one of those really fucking fantastic albums that I, it's, yeah, it's hard to kind of put into words how good that one is. 100%. Another one of the more recent hip hop releases. So Mac Miller polls really high for you, Nick Brown. What's yes. the appeal there been to you with him? I didn't get into Mac Miller until he passed. I was about to ask, was that, did I have a bearing a yes, little bit? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Um, so Mac Miller passed in 2018 and I didn't think of my, like at the time, obviously I'd seen him live. I'd seen him a year earlier at Coachella, which is kind of eerie to think about. And I enjoyed him, but I always considered him a, a frat rapper because yeah. he started out as a frat rapper. He was this kind of like, you know, a little scamp who like rapped about weed and like, you know, all that like fucking girls and all that shit. And like, yeah. I enjoy that kind of stuff, but it wasn't like my, when you're a white guy who gets into hip hop, mm. sometimes there is a thing of like, you don't want to like. Gravitate towards the white guy. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah like if, if a guy asks you, who do you listen to in hip hop? And you go, Eminem, Macklemore, Machine Gun Kelly, Mac Miller, one half of Run the Jewels, a few members of Brockhampton. You know what I mean? Like there's just, to me, that's a red flag. And yeah. so naturally there's a yeah. lot of white rappers who I just, I would push away. And Mac was one of those guys. So he passes away and it wasn't until the album Circles came out. Yes. So that is, is coming in at nine for you, Nick. Number Brown, nine. Top 30. Which is the most recent album. Um, it is. Uh, on 2020. the entire, entire list, which yes. came out January 2020. Yes. And it's a posthumous album, which I've always been really... Hard on. Yeah. I yeah. don't like posthumous albums as hard a whole. Hard to, Connor, yeah. Because I, I know, it feels very harsh on the artist who seems like they don't have a say in what comes out under their name. It's a really ugly thing to say, but it always feels like labels are taking advantage of what's happening. Uh, in that situation and like the family's like oh we want to like I don't want to say the family wants to cash out but the label does the label wants to cash out on someone's name XXXTentacion has had yeah. multiple albums that come out all are terrible and that's no fault of his own but it's like they're all demos yeah like, exactly but this was like a fully realised album yeah. um, of Circles and the first song I listened to was the title track which is track one and I remember him like I remember listening to it and it was just like really faint guitar and you hear him like right up to the mic and he's just like well this is what it looks like and it's like the way he just says, well, and the first line, this is what it looks like right before you fall, knowing that he's passed. And it's like, it was one of those albums. So haunting a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And like, just hearing someone right up there, because usually, you know, when someone does vocals, they're way back here. Yes, from a distance. It's, it's the best way to get the best sound, right? Yeah. I remember listening to some like Muse records back in the day, and it's like, you'd hear Matt Bellamy here, and then a, a line later, he's back here, because he's hitting those massive... Big notes, yeah. Yeah, like kind of thing. Yeah. And it's like, but Mac was just like right here the whole time, and I was Intimate. like, fuck, like this is insane. And I listened to it, it has one of my favorite songs of all time. Good News is like absolutely one of the most heartbreaking songs to listen to. Like when he's saying... There's a whole lot more for me waiting on the other side. Like that whole kind oh, of yeah. is so eerie. Mm. And John Bryan, who was the producer and kind of put together, released it all, yeah, connected the dots yeah, I yeah, guess, yeah. of yep. what it was. He realized it so well. And I love the extent, like they did a deluxe with a couple extra tracks and they were great. And I was like, it just, I Something don't know. About it. And it was really ugly. Cause I go, I go back to the old um, Mac albums and I'm like, fuck, like good AM's amazing. Um, watching movies with sound off is amazing. 
And it was one of those things I was like, damn, like I really, I felt like I missed out. He's 26 years old when he died. Like he had Tragic. this line. And had so his, much more to yeah, give, didn't he? He had one of these lines in um, one of his songs where it's like, um, don't don't uh, deal me with this bullshit. I don't, I don't want, I'm not trying to join the 27 club. Like uh, talking about drug deals, not don't put me with this crappy, like, you know, don't mix this shit with some like actual like things that could kill me. And he died from an accidental overdose from somebody mixing some like uh, some stuff with fentanyl, which is like this you know stuff that's really fucking potent, more potent than heroin. And um, that was a really ugly, like that's so eerie to listen to. And it's like, I don't know, I felt like I missed out on him. Like I, and mm. like now because of that, I just, I don't know, like I've got like all these stuff like for, I think I've got the most vinyl from, from, from him, from, from Mac, Mac. Miller. Yeah, it's crazy. I got that Circles al- album. It's just a really, it's an eerie one. Again, I think Swimming from 2018, which is also on this list, yes. is a better album. But Comes Circles, in 18, but Circles was just the album that it was my introduction, and because yeah. of that, I just I think Gravitate some of those songs it. are just like, yeah, it's really it's hard to listen to, but it's so like I continuously go back to that album. Rewarding, it's, yeah, absolutely. Well, from there, dude. So from hip hop, I kind of moved. The next thing that kind of stood out to me was a couple of punk bands. So. Mm. I wanted to talk about the offspring. So they were a staple for kind of both of us growing up. Yeah. So then uh, kind of the next generation, like the kind of sound was Rise Against kind of took the baton and ran with it. But um, your old man always talked about how close and how much similar they were. And yeah. like, I wanted to hit him. I was just like, just shut up, mate. But I'm telling <laughs> you. So do you want to talk about how you got into the offspring? And like, did that have any impact on you singing? I want to hear that. Yes. yes. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, The offspring were the first band my dad. Like, I, like, I remember a few bands that my dad used to like. Yeah. Um. I remember he liked the song Cherry Bomb. I can't remember what, who, who sung it. Um, hello, mother. Hello, world. I'm a cherry bomb. It was female led. I can't remember who was the band, but I remember loving that song. But I remember the two bands that kind of were the first I can remember him gravitating. The Runaways, Nick Brown. Yeah, Runaways. There you go. And it was Living End and it was The Offspring. Yes. And I remember getting the second Solution single and I remember getting Conspiracy of One, the album. And I just, like, I love The Living End. Still, like, an amazing band. Mm. But Conspiracy of One, for whatever reason, just stuck with me. And first album that you ever bought. First album I ever yep. got on cassette as well. Unreal. <laughs> so dumb. Like, I think I got the blue, the Eiffel 65 blue single. On the How day. good is that? So, I don't know who, who won really that day. <laughs> I got Let's Get um, Retarded slash It Started on the yes. like, my single. That was one of my first ones. Smooth Criminal, Alien yeah. Ant Farm, classic. But yeah, continue. And absolutely, like, I thought Dexter. I always think Dexter had a unique voice. And it never, like, I know it probably was put on, but it never felt put on to me as much and I guess this is probably because it's one of my first introductions into music that I kind of like would manipulate my mind to make it think like it was an original voice yeah. but I would listen to Blink and or Green Day and it always feels so forced yeah. yeah where are you like that's not how people sing like, no. it never felt that was never felt natural where Dexter for whatever reason might be, something about it it just sounded real and I love the bass like again like this is where my love of bass started was just solely because of the offspring that opening that opening lick in um come out swinging from conspiracy of one unreal it's unbelievable and ixnay on the hombre which is the other album that's on there is like this punk thrash album it has just so many great songs the meaning of life and muta and even has like gone away on there and cool to hate's amazing and unreal like it's just yeah there's just a lot of great tracks man I, just a really cool band. Like, they had a run. They had such a great run, the Offspring. Well, Ixnay was coming in at actually 20, and then it was Offspring Conspiracy 1 at 11. So yes. you got two in your top 20, which is a huge effort. Like, no Americana, no Smash Tour. That's like, yeah, the two I, biggest albums. But, like, clearly, like, you've got an affiliation with these other two. Absolutely. Yeah. That, that was the era for me. Like, Americana's a great album, but I, do, I don't I do like the singles, really. The two yeah. big singles, Why Can't You Get a Job, or 
I want you get a job and pretty fly. Like they're just okay songs for me. And for some reason they just a little bit cringy. Down. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That was kind of the era of the Offspring. It still has great songs. Staring at the Sun's amazing. Yeah, no, one of my favorite no songs breaks, of all time. No breaks. Oh. And Walla Walla. Oh. And Americana. Oh. Kids aren't alright. It's a great song. Stop it. Like it's it's a good album. But like yeah, a couple of songs just dragged that one down a little bit. Smash. I always loved, but it had a bit too much grunge influence so for me. Yeah. And I just like the punk rock stuff a bit more. Yep. Uh, dude, um, it's it's really interesting that you say that. So, um, do you remember the first song you listened to by Offspring? Do you have a distinct memory? I, or? <laughs> I think I do actually. Ah. I I think I remember it being. I think it was Bad Habit. One of the greatest songs so of dad, all time. My dad had a lot yep. of CDs by the Offspring, and I remember. I remember this pretty well. He had this like sound system, which I'm assuming sounds garbage compared to today's standards. But yeah. like, at the time, it was like this cool. It's the sound best thing system. ever. Yep. And it was playing it. I was just in the room, and it was up to that. Something's out. Feel like I'm God, you stupid dumb and shit. They swore it. Up. And yeah. I remember my dad as it was like dumb shit. God, he was like steaming into the room trying to like turn Stop. it off. Slow motion, motherfucker. I'm like, dude, like, dude. Yes. <laughs> that, that's probably the first song I remember like listening to. I'm sure I probably listened to songs earlier, but that was the one for me. That I was like, whoa, this is really like the song was really great. Bad Habits, an amazing track. Crack and track. Oh. And from there, dude, like we kind of moved to Rise Against. I think it's Easy Gravitation. So during high school, probably our peak love, I'd say, for them. Yeah. But um, do they appeal to you being in a band at all after a certain big day out? After 2010's big day out. Um, 20, that 2010 big day out was pretty cool. Unreal. Like Looking back, like there's so day. many cool bands Let's on Let's talk that. about that. That could be a topic in yeah, a couple of weeks. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just festivals in general, just some cool yes. bands. Seeing them, oh, like, yes. But uh yeah, like Rise Against were a really cool band. I remember, like, I remember I couldn't handle the, that Rise Against Peter. I had to like kind of make my way to the back. It was crushing. Like, it was That's so fantastic. Hard. I didn't know what it was. Insane. Yeah, it was like something I'd never kind of experienced. Nothing before. to match that still and, and for it was me also, since. Yeah, and it was one of those things where I didn't know many of the songs. Like, I probably knew like a handful, but like, I, if they I played, if, if they the, played yeah. fifteen, I would have known five. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, for sure. But I still loved every second of it, and I was like, after that, you're probably right. It probably did get me into it. Like, probably wanting to be in a band because it felt. Very similar to the Offspring, and it felt very like it felt much more DIY than the Offspring because the Offspring obviously were a big band. Yep. Rise Against was still big, but to me, they weren't known as that like stadium band. They weren't getting played on the radio, Not yet, anyway. kind of thing. Yeah, yep. so it probably was like you know, um, Suffering the Witness is just well top ten. That's ten on the list for you. It's Suffering amazing. The Witness it's from just, Go to War, That's almost the best punk album. Yeah, that, for it, me anyway. It's it's insane. It's an insane album. And then and Appeal like, to Reason coming to twenty nine. Yeah, Appeal to Reasons are. Do you know what? Appeal to Reason, when it came out, I didn't particularly love. It's one of the few albums that actually, like, it took me a while to get behind it. Because I didn't like songs like Entertainment or Audience of One. For whatever yep. reason, I just didn't gravitate to them. Yep. Then I, I remember listening to it probably two or three years ago, and I was like, man, these songs are great. Dude, like, these, Entertainment's sick. Yeah, like, they're, they're really good songs. <laughs> Hero of War is amazing. Has, like, I love Front he From Heads Unworthy is a really great. Collapse is an amazing opener. Oh, like, that oh, was the first song we saw at the big day out, yeah, 2010. Re-Education yeah. re Through Labor, of course, like, and obviously Savior. Savior, the biggest like, song that they got. Yep. It's like, it was. It was their big commercial album, probably their biggest commercial album, I'd say. Do they still hold up these albums for you? I, they do. These yeah. do. A lot don't, and you could probably tell like a lot of bands I used to like who aren't in here. Mm. Some just don't hold up as well, unfortunately. Yep. Doesn't mean I don't like the albums. It means it's just they haven't stood the test of time. But the albums that are in here, any album that's you know ten years old or more, that means they've stood the test of time for me. Like, which is massive. Yeah. And dude, I don't want to try and make this all about the scene, but the scene's going to be my next little wave. So I've got yeah. four different spots for you but the scene we're going to bring it back so i reckon 11 of the 30 of the albums on here are part of our scene so i'm going to equate so what does that say to you does it have you got any like reasoning behind that um or? the look my peak scene years 2011 to 14 yeah, I've already got absolutely that yes. like there was a time where you can really tell 
I would almost say 2012 was probably my first year. I really 19, remember getting yep. in and getting into the scene, kind of really trying Pro to school. find it. Yeah. Yep. And um, there was just certain albums, some that are very much in the top 10 that I was like, I, I just remember they were like launching pads for a lot of other bands. And like without listening to certain bands, I wouldn't be listening to other bands. Like without, I don't know, I don't want to give too many examples just in case like take away a couple of questions. But like there's certain bands I listen to that I'm like, Man, like if I didn't if I didn't start with this, I wouldn't have ended up here. No, and like because of that, there is a lot of like it's very influential. Like the yes. scene is insanely influential in that sense. Yeah, so uh, I was about to say that. So the quality of album. Do you think the quality of albums like recently kind of hurts the the modern? Because like yeah, it's literally really your la- your latest album, Nick. So is from twenty seventeen, which is like. Mm. Four years ago, which is from Malay a Muir scene album. Scene album, yeah. so it's thirty. So it came in at thirty. A Muir, look at yourself. Yeah. So that is literally. Do you reckon the quality since then has kind of dipped, or do you think because you came in to the scene earlier, the nostalgic purposes take I th- over? I think my, I think you know, naturally you're going to notice your peak scene years have the most albums. Yes. When you are going through probably that eighteen to twenty two, when oh, you yes. when you can go to as many shows as you can because everything's over eighteen. You're now over eighteen. And you're much more impressionable and you're going to be like, you know, you're, you're hungry for music, right? 100%. I love the Amir albums are really fun one because like, I don't think that's an amazing album in the sense that it's not a 10 out of 10. It's not even close, but it's just a fun album. There's certain albums that are your just, heaviest album. Yeah, I'd list, say, For yeah. sure, yes. And it's one of those albums that like, I don't think like, again, it's like if there's 12, 13 tracks on there, I probably like nine or 10 of them, which is obviously great strike rate, but is it a top 30 of all time? Like, Maybe not, but I can towards you it is. I consistently listen to it, yep. and sometimes it's not about like what's objectively the best. It's about what you enjoy and what like you know what, when I'm gaming or when I do something like look at yourself is consistently on. Like it's always it's only like thirty minutes, and it's like it's that's probably a huge thing that helps that album because it's not a long album, and it's to me it's Amuse Best by an absolute stretch. A stretch, Nick. Well, one that's actually towards the top of your list is Let Live the Blackest Beautiful. So yes. I want to hear a little bit about that along with fake history. Like is Let Live, is Jason Butler the appeal to you in this or is it the band as well? Is What, what appeals you towards these guys? So Let Live, first time I saw Let Live was uh, they were supporting Deftones. Yes. Um, I was you know, really only just starting to get into Deftones but I was so hungry to go to shows yes. that I was like, let's just buy tickets. Right. I, I, Nick. I remember paying overs because it was sold out. They sold yep. out the Palace or whatever the the one that got torn the down. The Palais, yeah. Yeah, the, um, they'd sold that out twice and I bought tickets for one night and I think I paid like 120 bucks for an $80 ticket just because I wanted to go. Just had to be there. And it wasn't even like, I wasn't even a massive Deftones fan but there was just that feeling that like, you I, ne- to be I need to be there. Yes. Like, I don't know why. It was just something weird You're about hungry. that. Yeah, absolutely. I was so hungry for new music and I went there and like, that's one of my favorite shows of ever been to and let live with the main support and i remember jason just going absolutely acker like, like, what is this it was just like <laughs> i've never seen anything like it you know it, it to the point where i would go see other heavy bands and if they didn't stage dive and they didn't do stuff that was similar to jason you thinking i'm missing out here I, i'd be i'd <laughs> almost be like oh they're lazy <laughs> like, you know, yeah, what are I, they doing <laughs> i remember going to see parkway probably a year after and i remember winston not jumping in the crowd and i was like, like what man, he doesn't friend. give a shit about his fans. No, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? which is the dumbest statement but like that's what it did and that was Talk about timing, like that concert was probably a month or two before the Black's Beautiful Which came out. Which comes in at two in your list, Nick, so in very two. high up. Well, this is the album that kind of started, like, I don't know if it started everything, but like 2013 that came out, right? Yep. Same year as Sep Eternal. Yes. And everyone would say Sep Eternal was the album of the year, and I would always say Black is Beautiful destroyed it. A lot of people agree with you on yeah. the album Black is Beautiful. And it was just Let Live were that band where like, again, it felt a little bit more alternative, like where... Bring Me was obviously alternative in the sense that it was like part of our scene, but yep. it felt more mainstream in that sense. And there was a little bit of that outsider mentality where you want to kind of support the local guy. Um, I was a huge Jason fan. And 
again, you talk about albums that like set me to certain other bands. Like I wouldn't have listened to Every Time I Die without Let Live. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have. You know, like Gateways. There's, there's another band on there. Um, and Shikari have an album. And Ooh, get to them, yes. When, when, I got, when I listened to that album for the first time, I fucking hated it. I hated it. Flash Flood of Colour. Absolutely hated it. Guess where that comes in? Number three. <laughs> Number three. <laughs> and and it, wasn't, it wasn't until I listened to The Black is Beautiful and yep. went back to fake history and all that. Where sixteen fake it, it history kind of opened up my eyes to different styles of it because that had yep. that more post hardcore. It was much more a lot of Michael Jackson elements to it, a lot of pop elements, a lot of funk. It's like, phenomenal. It's just like, and as I said, as we've said before, like to me, fake history might be a better album front to back. Yeah, but Black's Beautiful was that introduction, and that always is going to hold up a bit more, a bit longer than you know being maybe a, an objectively better album. You hold it dearer to your heart, yeah, kind of thing. But dude, you got to literally you got a diverse range of bands in your list. So bring me like they literally the two albums you got here. You got there is a Hell and Eternal, mm. basically two different sounds on both of those. You got While She Sleeps being a metalcore band. You got Architects Daybreak, are very similar to that. Every Time I Die being Southern hardcore. You got Buddy Enter Shikari. So like. Who do you think had the biggest impact on you from the list we just mentioned? And what does like Ender Shikari, which came in at three, so Flash Flood of Color, let's just talk about that. Who do you reckon had the biggest influence? Was it Let Live or was it one of those other bands? It was Let Live. It has to be Let Live. Like that was, there was like, you know, there's only a few artists I've ever, I could honestly say I've been obsessed with. And that's these guys. Let Live. Like Jason Butler, like I'd listen to every interview. Like I was always, I was fascinated by the person. And I think that's when you know, like, you know, there's only a few people like Kanye, I'm the same. Like, I'm really fascinated by the person because I know Kanye is an objectively flawed human. He's a, yes, he's he not, is. He is not a perfect guy. No. And that, but that attracts me more to him because yes. in a world full of pop stars who seem pretty robotic and pretty perfect, he being imperfect to me is very like, okay, well, why is this? And he's obviously got mental health issues. And like, for someone as big as him to kind of come out and have that, like, kind of be open about being bipolar and things like that. Yep. That kind of attracts me more to him as a person than like say I, I don't want to say like Taylor Swift or like Drake or anything like that, but like those artists who just seem they seem so like perfect. above everyone. Yeah, you know what okay, I mean? they're raised up. Yeah, like, I get that. Um, but yeah, let live were perfect. let live were that band, and yep. um, you notice like a lot of these like Dark Fantasy being number one is the only album I think I love every track. Two and three, uh, Black is Beautiful and Flash Flood. Flash Flood, yeah. There's always one track that holds just it from being you off. Yeah, it's yeah. just like, I can't. Uh, there's, <laughs> a, there's a song called The Priest and the Used Car of yeah. um, Black's Beautiful, which is the dud there. Yeah. And I can't remember what the song's called. Um, it's the acoustic one of um, oh, Fla- Flash Flood. Yeah, yeah. It's not a bad song. It just yeah. doesn't hold up compared to the rest. And sometimes that's the difference between being number one and number three. And it's well, a hard thing. I look at 23. So we've got Daybreaker from Architects. Yes. So no Lost Together and no All Our Gods Have Abandoned Us. Like... What's like the reasoning there? My introduction. Complete, so another introduction. It's completely yep. introduction album. Yep. Um, that was the album where I was. I bought a ticket to see again. Hungry as fuck for new music. Yep. I bought a ticket without really knowing much. So uh, another Palais to, gig. To, yep, it was the, uh, Amity, um, Ghost Inside, Architects, and Buried in Verona. And I was huge on Get What You Give. Yep. And it's still a great album. And yep. I like. It's probably unlucky not to make this list. Yep. But I remember going to that show and coming out and going. Architects were by far the best band, blew everyone away. And that was the album. I went out and I bought Chasing Ghosts, Get What You Give, and Daybreaker. Daybreaker to me was the one that held. The best like, one. Yeah, it just, it's still, I still think it has their two best songs, probably maybe even three. Yeah, I think even if you win, you're still a rat. And I think these goals don't run it. They're two, Classics. two best songs. Ollie yep. Sy- like people forget, Ollie Sykes features on uh, Even If You Win, You're Still a Rat. Yeah. It's an amazing feature. Great feature. And like one of my favorite breakdowns I've ever heard. And like, yeah, just, I don't know, man. Like that era of architects was so kind of fresh. And to me, like 
a lot of people use like Lost Forever as kind of the building blocks for architects, but 2014 that came out. To me, yep. yeah, to me, Daybreaker was that. And I love Lost Forever and I love All Gods and they're both amazing albums. But yeah, again, it, it, sometimes it is that first introduction that does kind of take the cake. Yeah. And they're both kind of in that hot spot between yeah. 2011 and 14. So like you had Daybreaker 2012, Semp Eternal 2013, Absolutely. Lost Together 2014 with a bunch of other bands. But dude, something I found very interesting in this list. So. Mm. People listening out there, there is no Aussie bands or artists. Wow, there you go. No yeah. Aussie albums made it. So what would be the closest? So I'm, I'm just thinking. So like, I, I think I was surprised that there was no Chasing Ghosts. Okay, I was yeah. surprised there was no like Alien or Singularity from Northlane. Not really surprised with Parkway because we're both kind of similar to that. We don't think they got that standout crazy good album. Yeah. But like, what would be the closest for you? I think the lack of Aussie thing, and this might be subconsciously, but I, like, I'm not doing this deliberately, but there might be a little bit of like that don't want to be biased. Imposter syndrome where you feel okay. like the Aussie acts don't compare to the international yep. ones. Um, I might be wrong there. As you say, like, you know, I made I made a 50 and I'll, I'll be honest, Tasting Ghost wasn't in the 50. Oh, there you go. And okay. I, like, I, I like the album. I think it's their best album by yep. far. But again, how often am I listening to it? That's, yes. It's always a don't hard, go back to it. It's always yeah. a hard thing. North Lane, like, I really wanted to put Alien in. I really wanted Did to. Did you have a cutoff, do you think? Like, 2017 being your mule is the latest scene album. No, I, well... Wasn't it, a subconscious thing. Not really. No, yeah. I don't think so. Like, I I think that... Well, because Mac like Mac Miller's Circles was 2020. Well, I think Immortal Coil might have got in there. Mortal Coil is a great album. Yeah. Again, it's, it's all about how often you listen to it. True. It's yep. a hard one, and it's like... Yeah, I really want to put Divination by Your Arts Wake on there. Oh, yeah. I really, I, I try, I almost, I actually tried to get that on there. I tried to think of this album that would get go off. So would that be your highest rated Australian one, do you think, Divination? Um, No, it'd be Sound Awake Carnival. Thank God. Uh, that'd probably be my highest. Otherwise, that, I was going to beat you up. <laughs> no, that, that, uh, just thinking out loud, I think that would be the highest one. You know, I could obviously go like Grinspoon or like Living End, which I got a better living or, yeah. or the self-titled Limby End album, oh, yeah. both amazing. Um, but, I think Sound Awake was probably an album that, like, again, just it's well, all that about, was a big day out thing as well. Yeah, yeah, it's all about timing, like in, in music in general. Like, I can't imagine how many bands I don't like because I just heard them at the wrong time. hundred percent. Like, it's and I've I've gone back to bands and started to like them more. But like, fuck, if I heard them at the right time, I'd probably fucking love this band. But, and yeah. what you're going through in life kind of yeah, depends. Absolutely. Like, if you like you're going through something, you listen to an album, like you can go back in time and think, all right, I was listening to this at that stage. It makes me feel good. It makes yeah. me feel safe. Might be a breakup album. Like, you just don't know. Everything relates differently. But, dude, I want to finish with this. So, Rage, they get their own section for me. Because yes. I think Rage probably had the most influence on you yes. as, as a listener. So, I know this is their t- self-titled. One of the greatest albums of all time. So, this yeah. is number four for you. It made it in there. But their influence. So, they influence like System with their political stance and stuff like that. System of a Down also made your list as well. Toxicity, one of the greatest albums of all yeah. time. So, that popped in at what was that? 24. So, 24 for that. Four for Rage. But... What do you think Rage did? So, like, they've influenced new metal, which a lot of bands you like, new, like Linkin Park, Limp Bizkit. What, what, yeah. What's their hold on you, Nick? I think Rage are the band that, again, like, you know, if you notice my, like, high end, of the, like, especially growing up, yeah. the bands that I gravitated towards were all very ri- bass and drum driven. Like, Riffs. I know, like, there are, like, yep. obviously Tom Morello is an amazing riff master or whatever yep. you want to fucking call him, but, like, the bass tones were everything. Funky like, the bass. Offspring Ooh, and, yeah. like, Kanye yep. and Rage, and, like, they're all known for, like, their fucking bass. bass tone, like, yep. it's, it's so huge. And, um... That album, again, it's one song off being perfect. Settle for Nothing is not a great song. No. And unfortunately, that kind of holds it back. Also, I know this is going to kill people. Oh, no. Killing the names a tiny bit overrated. Oh, yes. Um, it just drags. It, like, it doesn't need to go five and a half minutes or however long it fucking goes. Like, it, should, it doesn't need it. Like, it doesn't have enough going on for my liking. But like that was the time for Rage. Like, 
Battle of Los Angeles is on there as well, I think, like 15 or 16. Yes, 15, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like the difference between Battle of Los Angeles and self-titled is like self-titled felt like it was unfiltered no in yes. that sense where like songs were going five, six minutes and Battle of Los Angeles in comparison was like the three to half, three and a half minute songs. And there's like, depending on what you like, like kind of, usually I like shorter songs, but at the time, you know, to me, I like the more unhinged kind of stuff. Yeah. And Zach's vocals on the self-titled to me were much more manic. Well, I actually have that question for you here. So do you think Zach like helped your appeal to hip hop with his style yes. of vocal? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Zach did. I would say Mike Shinoda did from yep. Lincoln Park. Um, who is the next on question? Here? Beautiful. Yeah. Um, other than that, like, you know, I guess like Eminem probably did at Star because like I, I think everyone like was on the lose yourself cleaning out your closet kind of. Yeah, on the way. Like, yeah, 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 that yeah. was on that. But like those were probably the main ones. I can't like off the top of my head. I can't think of too many others that I, even like. Yeah, I I wouldn't say Lib Biscuit. I feel like I got into them a little bit later to um kind of appeal in that sense. What the Rage do differently? So that's literally what I got here. So I've got Linkin Park and Lib Biscuit, two of our favorite bands. But yeah. what the Rage do differently to get their two in there over a Meteora, a Hybrid Theory, or like the hot, hot Dog? Linkin uh, Park, sorry, is all unfortunately is all about the timing in the sense that my introduction to Linkin Park was their Live in Texas DVD. Right? Yes, okay. and I listened to that, and I remember. Years went by, and because I was like seven years old when it came out or something, I didn't really feel Very young, it. yep. Then my dad showed me Minutes to Midnight, and it got me into the band. But when I went back to listen to Hybrid Theory and Meteora, yep. I'd already heard these songs. So I, it kind of robbed me of that first album experience, yep. which is huge. I think, I think actually listening to an album front to back is a really important thing. Like, it's really like that first time where you sit there in your car and it's really hard because we don't really get that anymore because yep. like your car trips go 30 minutes, the album goes 40 minutes. You have to stop at track eight and it's like you come back and like, you know, you could still love the end of the album, but there is a part of you that's like, you're not getting that full-blooded experience like yep. you used to do. i got a great story for that for next week. But um, so obviously another band in the kind of vein, they're differently, but there are new metal band people call them that, but I think they're a lot more than that. But dude, Deftones. Mm. Are they your favorite band? Do you think over Rage? Like, um, I think. Oh, this is tough because like Rage, Rage is like very similar to System of a Down, where they yep. they got in, they got out, and they put out a certain amount of albums. Their discography, all you pre got, pretty much goaded at this stage, both yep. of their discogs, and that's kind of like it's great. Like you, I don't want now. Like I used to hate the idea that Rage broke up. And like I don't like the idea I can never see them live, or maybe I can, who knows when they if they ever do if come they do, back yeah. to Australia. But it's like now I look at it and I'm like, fuck, I'm glad they got out when they did, because like it'd be nothing worse. If like Rage kept going and they were putting out mediocre albums in twenty twenty one, they'd be way further down my list. Like yeah. they'd be so far like, you know, they might not be in my top ten of all time kind of thing. Yeah. But it's the fact that they got in and got out. Deftones have a lot more songs that I probably like, naturally, because they have nine or so albums. Um and plus when he got in, so I'm looking at your peak era of listening to music. So mm. 2012, Coino comes in yes. at seven, which is probably, was that your introduction really? Like Absolutely. listening albums wise it, to Deftones? It was my, I was obsessed with this album. It's like, great As album. in like my, my trip to work was 50 minutes. This album went 50 minutes. I could, Every I, day. I would listen to this front back, I reckon for six weeks. Yep. I'm like, it's just like, cause I could have it on low and it felt, it also, it felt great to have on low where you're just kind of thinking in your own thoughts. Yep. It also felt great when you turn it really loud and Ooh, you yeah. hear those kind of, that bass tone kind of hit through. Another those, bass heavy those, band. Yep. Yeah. Or, and those synths kind of come through like songs like Tempest is just one of my favorite songs. Is that a top 10 for you? Ever. All time? Like, yeah. Oh, it's amazing. Rosemary. Like I always thought Rosemary was such a wasted opportunity. WWE never used it for a promo package. It was so good. Um, Swerve City is amazing. Oh, like, Nick, what like, a song. I, even like a song like Goon Squad where like oh. has this intro and then this huge riff and I'm like, it went back and like, I love Around the Fur 
and that's probably unlucky not to be in here. That was my introduction um, to Deftones. Yeah, and it's like it's like <laughs> fuck. Imagine starting off like fuck off. Like that's just the dumbest intro of all time. Like how can you do that? Well, how's that? Diamondize twenty ten into Quino. So that Diamondize was the other album that made you thirty yes. at twenty eight. So what does Chino like? Did Chino mold you like with your vocals at all? Like the I wish I singing? could be Chino. Yeah. <laughs> nah, Chino's vocals are so alien in his own mind. Um, I. I never tried to be Chino because I always thought he was too, he was too out in his own league yeah. to me at least. Right. And Diamond Eyes is an album that, you know, everyone's kind of said it. That's the album that Deftones reinvented themselves. They did, the didn't they? They went to like a seven or an eight string guitar. Stephen Carpenter did. Well, 2010, and, they'd been together for 20 years nearly. Well, they, they made the album uh, Saturday Night Wrist and they fucking hated each other during that album mm. process. They like, they, they were miserable. Best way of putting it. Like, and I'm sure that happens a lot, but like these guys hated each other and obviously Chi died and that yeah. kind of, they scrapped what they had yeah. and the errors, I think it was supposed to be called. And then Diamond Eyes kind of came out and, you know, changed guitar. They went heavier, which is like, you know, at the time, I, I can only assume it was kind of a bold move because breakdowns weren't huge. Diamond Eyes has one of my, the biggest breakdowns I've ever heard. Just mm. that final 15 seconds amazing is disgusting it's fucking like and on a guitar like that like you know for a band like deftones who were i don't know what they're playing probably like drop d or something like something normal right yeah. like with distortion on it but then they went to like drop b on an eight string or whatever it may have been and it's just like i don't know that and has one of the sexiest songs of all time you've seen the butcher is just disgusting oh god yeah Nick. <laughs> but dude um so obviously that really kind of sums me up there so i'll go through your 30 from the top to bottom so kanye my beautiful dark fantasy was one let Live Black is Beautiful 2, and a Shikari Flash Fonda Color at 3, Rage Against the Machine, Rage Against the Machine at 4, Classic 5, Kanye Yeezus, 6 was Bring Me with Semp Eternal, 7, Deftones Queen we got Run the Jewels, Run the Jewels 2 at 8, Massive, 9 was Mac Miller Circles, 10, Rise Against Suffering the Witness, The Offspring Conspiracy 1 at 11, 12 was Kid See Ghost, another Kanye yeah. um, release there with Kid See Ghost self-titled, Bear True 13, we didn't really talk about that, but Disgusting 13, Denzel Curry Taboo 14, While She Sleeps This is the 6, 15, Let Live Fake History 16, Kanye The College Drop at 17, Mac Miller Swimming 18, Rage Against Machine Battle of Los Angeles 19, 20, The Offspring X-N-A on the Hombra, we got Every Time I Die, Low Teens, 21. Didn't talk about them, but 22, Bring Me the Rise and There is a Hell. 23, Architects Daybreaker. 24, System of Down Toxicity. 25, Denzel Curry Imperial. 26, Life of Pablo Kanye. 27, from Parts Unknown, Every Time I Die. 28, Deftones, Diamond Eyes. 29, Rise Against the Pure Reason. And a Muir at 30 with Look at Yourself. But dude, do you reckon you've filled in all like your genres that you've no, I okay, wish yeah. I, I wanted to fit a Prodigy album in. There's a lot I'm of albums that I, I didn't make. There's it. a lot yeah. of albums that I wanted. Give me three. Give me your top three that kind of missed it. Okay. Um, I think, I think I have like my other ones that I kind of had in the range. Yeah. Um, I actually I wanted to fit straight from the past of Liminal Criminals because I, I really like that. That album. was my era coming into the scene too. Made, yeah. It would have made the fifty, but I didn't make didn't quite make the um the thirty. I would say if anything else, Divination was huge. Avenged Sevenfold's Nightmare, I felt really bad not putting it in, but I gave it another listen, and uh, man, it was almost bummed me out. How, like, I think the good tracks are still amazing. Yeah. God Hates Us is incredible. Fuck me, that's heavy. Natural Born Killer's great, amazing. and I think Nightmare's great. Victim's a good song, but there are some odd songs on there. <laughs> there are just some songs that just, for me, just don't hold up. I don't know what happened to it. Maybe it's just the thing that happens. I wanted to put a Body Count album on, if I'm being honest. I really wanted to put Carnivore on, just for the fucking sake of putting Carnivore not? on. Yeah. But I couldn't quite justify it. Um, but other than that, like, you know, every time I die, I thought it was interesting because from Parts Unknown, which I don't know how every time I die fans see their Discord because a lot of yeah. fans, they have a lot of different types of fans. But that was my introduction to them. It was. That, was, that was where I started. And Low Teens, again, kind of, um, bucking the trend of like not being my intro that just 
that eclipsed it to me. That album was just so perfect. Like, like for that genre, it does maybe drag a little bit on 15 tracks. Probably why it is a bit, not quite top 10. Yeah. But um, that album's incredible. From Parts Unknown, so cool, man. Like, that's just 30 minutes of fucking chaos. I love it. It is ridiculous. And that was, like you say, that's your 30, yeah. Nick Brown. That's your little journey. We've gone from oh, rap to hip-hop. We're going to punk. We're going to fucking the I, scene. We're going everywhere, Nick. I do worry, like, even your looking history. at my 30, like, as you said, a lot of the more recent ones are hip-hop related. Yes. And I wonder if that's me... Drifting towards that, yeah, maybe? Yeah, I think it is definitely me drifting towards it. But I also wonder if I kind of accidentally... Nor, I just subconsciously put them above heavy music because yeah. I, I rate it as a higher form of music because yeah. sometimes, you know, listening to chaos for fucking 40 minutes can be, sick a, of it. Yeah. be a little bit monotonous. Yeah. And, I feel, and it feels more fresh hip hop at the moment yeah. to me. Like, I think they're doing more, I think hip hop is doing so much more with their sound. Yeah. And I mean that nicely to the heavy music scene. Like, we're, like this scene's still killing it. And yeah. like, I do feel bad. I know a lot of people, like, there's a lot of great albums from local bands. I feel like sometimes I don't put them on because they're just a local just band. Just local band, and that's, yeah. And that's harsh to say. But it like, is. Even if I loved, like, say, The Dark Pool, right, yep. by Thornhill, which I love, but it's I don't think it's 30 worthy for me. But even if I did, I think there's a part of me that might want to put it off just because it's like, you know, it's only Thornhill. And I, that's such a, I know that sounds so mean, but it's like, you know, who, like if I if it comes down to it, the, the number 30 spot between, say, ri- say Rise Against the Peel of Reason or Thornhill, The Dark Pool. You're going Rise Against You're every going day Rise Against, right? Yeah. Like, it's hard. Like, it's hard in that sense. But, yeah, the scene's trucking along, man. But I do, it worries me how many hip-hop albums are kind of, surpassing it like it's yeah i don't know what that says yeah maybe that's i think that's me getting older as well like i think i'm not as like not in tune but like i'm not as like thriving on loving every album like i used to be we're a little bit older and a little bit more bitter than we used to be well like you say it kind of you you mold yourself with what you listen to and you introduce so like we have 11 i've gone 11 for the scene we've got 10 for hip-hop and we got kind of nine in that alternative range so You've been everywhere on that little journey, but um, it's a good little good little list. Sorry, I like it. And guess what? What? Well, next week we'll be doing your list. Oh fuck! So I can't wait to tear yours apart. (laughs) I'm gonna be so excited. No, it's it's gonna be good, man. Like I think um, doing a top thirty out, and the best part is it's fucking hard, dude. As soon as I sent it to you, I'm like, I want to change. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like if I if I was to write my top thirty now, certain albums wouldn't be in, certain albums would be in. But there is a part of me that was like, okay, I want to write this in like an hour and kind of keep it relatively I wrote similar. one in three minutes when I was shitting and sent it to you. No order at all. I know. Like, this is the worst set of albums I've ever seen in my life. But until next week, Nathan. Yes, Nick. Thank well you done. very much. Good interview.